When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 35 of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch today to talk, as always, about them buckos. And today joining me is producer Jeremy, the best producer in the land. And, you know, he's got some good points to make at times, too. Jeremy, how's it going? I'm going to do my best Jake Slobodnik impression today. So, uh, good, Nate. I'm good. Uh, it's good to always talk buckos with you. Uh, we've kind of been uh, globetrotting the country a little bit, um, but, you know, home is always where we can talk about Pirates baseball. Are you home right now? I am in Texas right now, so I guess that's considered home. Uh, yeah, but not in my usual uh, habitat. Usually I'm based in Orlando. Um, but for now, I'm with the folks in Texas for a little bit. Uh, nice. Yeah. Well, I'll so tell you, you what. were in Florida, and I wasn't. So like- I, I was in Florida, and specifically, I was in Orlando. And just real quick, before we get started, I have to say, so I, I was supposed to fly home from Orlando to Pittsburgh two days ago. And my flight, along with hundreds and hundreds of other flights around the country, got canceled. That's what you get for flying Spirit, Nate. Did you fly Spirit? <laughs> That's what I get for flying I knew. I read something on the news about that. I knew it was – oh, man, I'm sorry, brother. But, uh, it's you know, okay. it's funny. You were in Orlando and I wasn't. So we've never been seen in the same room together. No, so I've never met you in that person. that we're the same person. Yeah. Am I talking to myself right now? You you might be honestly. It was crazy. <laughs> it was thing just is canceled, and we drove back fourteen hours. Got back yesterday, and uh, I'm just happy to be home. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, welcome home. Welcome home. Thank you. And uh, yeah, so the Pirates they're not at home right now. They had a three-game series at the Brewers, and, you know, they won a game out of those three games, which I'll take that as a positive. Uh, lost today 4-2, to two, and they won yesterday in comeback fashion, 8-5 to five, in 10 innings. It was a pretty exciting game. And then on Monday, they lost 6-2. to two. And I will say, our last pod was... Last the Adam Fraser trade podcast. No, 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 the trade well, deadline podcast. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's right. If you're listening on Spotify Green Room, you uh, this past Monday we we did it. We did a secret pod, but it got lost in the ether. But it's all right. Um, we were talking Pirates Phillies, and that was actually a good series as well for the Pirates. They took the first two, looked like a competent major league team, uh, got just 
blown out in the last one, 15 to four. Really did a number on the run differential. But two out of three. And since our last pod, the Pirates have won three games. They have lost three games. And I'll take that. I guess the, the, the teams that they've faced, um, it's all right. Uh, just looking at it, pitching wise, Stephen Brault made his return today. And he looked pretty okay. Four innings pitched, only gave up one run, three hits, 75 pitches thrown. It's a little much, but um, over four innings, that is. That was probably his cap. Two strikeouts, one walk, wasn't too bad. Cody Ponce, nice bounce back outing today. Two innings pitched, scoreless, three strikeouts. And then uh, Kyle Keller and Jason Shreve kind of blew it today. Uh Keller allowed some base runners. Shreve gave up the three-run homer that gave the Brewers the lead, and that was it. But um, today, Shea Spitzbarth, I believe today was his major league debut, tossed a scoreless inning, kind of ran into some trouble a little bit, gave up two hits, but scoreless nonetheless. The Pirates lost, um, but Brault looked good. Yesterday, I'm just looking at it right here. Uh Max Kranich, not too great. Four innings pitched, gave up three earned runs, three walks, not the best. Five hits, four strikeouts, not too bad. Dwayne Underwood Jr. gave up a run. Shreve, again, gave up a run. But uh, Pirates were able to come back in that one. And I guess we could talk about this a little bit. Hoy Park is the new – he's the new bucko in town, and he has been pretty nice. Yesterday – Gave the team a go-ahead three-run double. Uh, gave the Pirates a four, five to four lead at that point. And then today, a multi-hit game, a double and a single. So far with the Pirates, he is he's been he's been hitting well, and I want to see a lot more of him. Of course, the Pirates got him in the Clay Holmes deal, and you know he basically got blocked in New York. He didn't really have an opportunity, but he's been crushing the ball all season in AAA, and he's getting his opportunity here in Pittsburgh, and thus far he's looked pretty nice, and I'm, I'm excited to watch Poi Park. Jeremy, I'll let you talk a little bit. Honus Wagner, Roberto <laughs> Clemente, Willie Stargell, Andrew McCutcheon, Poi Park. Poi freaking Park. That has a great ring to it, Nate. That's all I'm going to say. No, you know, it's nice. We're kind of at that point in the season where we're not playing for a whole lot. I mean, I feel like we've been in that stage of purgatory for a little while now. But, I mean, <laughs> Since with May. Adam, look, with Adam Frazier leaving, obviously that leaves a, a you know, a, a vacancy at the top of the order. And I like that Derek Shelton is kind of just like, you know what? Why not throw Hoy Park up there? Like, I think that is, you know, an unconventional move. I don't think every manager would have really done that. But I like that he's being a little bit more of a experimentalist. And this is the kind of, this is the time during the season when you can be an experimentalist manager, an experimentalist team. And I like that they've, you know, brought Hoy Park up immediately and they've given him some run, a guy that, you know, as you mentioned, Nate was kind of blocked in New York. Kind of happens to a lot of Yankees. And he has, you know, an opportunity knocks elsewhere. And it's knocked here in Pittsburgh. And I like the fact that, you know, he's kind of built off of this, you know, this 
confidence, if you will. I think that the the thing is, I don't want to say this is going to be, you know, Hoy Park for... I, I hope we get this Hoy Park for as long as possible. I'm not expecting it, you know, to last a whole long time. It'd be lovely if, you know, he could play this way for the rest of the season. But, like, as we've seen throughout the season, you know, guys will get on hot streaks. Like, look, remember Philip Evans had that hot streak at the beginning <laughs> of the season? We were thinking... Oh my God, Philip Evans could be playing his way onto an all-star team. Look at him now. Like he probably won't ever see, you know, the line of the end. I guess John Nagowski's kind of like that and he's kind of cooled off a little bit. So there are guys that will have these stretches where they, they can be named in the Mount Rushmore of pirates as we can, you know, call it like I, like I did. And we can imagine, you know, roses and rainbows and unicorns. But at the end of the day, um, it's someday he'll be brought back to reality, but that day, Nate, is not today. So we can celebrate Hoy Park as much as we want. A lot of new pitchers, obviously. I, I like that Stephen Brault pitched today. Uh, even though it's a lost season for the Pirates, it was good to see him back on the mound. Mm-hmm. I agree with the fact that he shouldn't have pitched as much as he as he did. I think that four innings was was plenty. And, you know, we, we saw a lot of, I like that Cody Ponds, always a fan of Cody Ponds here at Talk the Plank Podcast. Um, right. But, yeah, so he, getting guys just an opportunity. And when you play without pressure, I think that's when you play your best. Um, unfortunately, in order to be a good baseball team, you got to play under pressure. But for the Pirates, pressure is not part of the timeline for a little bit here. So that's when you can build some confidence from some of these young guys, from some of these guys that we are bringing into the bringing into the fold that weren't there before and that's what this rest of the season is going to be about and that's how we here at Bucks Dugout we here at the Talk the Plank podcast are going to uh spice up the season for a little bit we're going to make um at least I am I'm going to make extreme exaggerations of this team and the new players it has uh until the end of the season because why not yeah well Talking about extreme exaggerations, Rodolfo Castro's first five hits in the major leagues were all home runs. And I think that's Dude the race. first time ever that that's happened. Really? That's I, I think I saw a stat. Uh, I might have posted it on one of I the I can't imagine too many caps. guys have done that before, if any. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, you look at it, he is uh, – his batting average is under 200 right now, but he's still slugging above 500. So, yeah, you're right. The 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 rest of this season is, you know, it's basically just a glorified it's an audition spring for next year. Tra- yeah, it's spring training to end the year, pretty much. It's funny because you know, about a year ago at this time, the season started last season and last season for the pirates was just another version of a spring training and at this point in the season that's kind of how it is now um so i i do i do like what i've seen from park i think it's really interesting he's made three start with starts with the pirates one came at shortstop one came in center field one came in right field so the versatility is there um just watching him at the plate he looks comfortable he seems to have a nice idea of the zone. Even in his final at-bat today, I was watching. It was against Devin Williams, who, as we know, has a disgusting changeup. He's nasty. He's so nasty. Uh, he's nasty. He got Park to 
uh, pop out to third base. But in the very first pitch of that bat, at bat, uh, Park took a – it was called a strike, but it was below the zone. It was a ball. And he took it, and it was called a strike, and you could tell. He knew it was a ball. He was like, ooh, really? That's a strike? And then, of course, you know, another strike comes in. You're down 0-2, and you eventually pop out. But he has – he has a nice understanding of the strike zone. It seems in, you know, the 10 or so at-bats, 10 to 15 at-bats that I've watched him so far. He seems comfortable. He doesn't seem like he's in over his head. You know, he's 25 years old, so he's still, you know, he's not super young, but he's he's young. And getting a look at him is fun. If he could play shortstop every day for, you know, a future Pirates team, or even if... Even if he's a utility guy, a, a utility. Yeah, I think that's back. more of what he's. Uh, be if that's his future guy. on the next winning team, I'm fine with that too. I think that's more his 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 role. Yeah. Obviously, utility guys. Every team has to have at least one, preferably two. And with him, I think that I personally think you're going to see a guy like Tukapita Marcano come up probably at the end of the month, possibly early mm-hmm. September. And right. he is going to be kind of a guy, him and uh, Rodolfo Castro and, you know, and, and Hoy Park are all going to probably shuffle around. I I don't know how long uh, Kevin Newman is for the season. Also, Colin Moran is probably going to come back soon. So that'll yes. be interesting to see. I mean, because at this point, you're looking at guys like Newman, guys like Moran, guys like Gregory, Gregory Blanco, and you're like, what's the point in playing you at this point? Like, I I don't think – like, they shouldn't have been traded because they, they can increase their value. And maybe that's why you play these guys is you do that to increase their value for a potential offseason trade. Although, I don't know how much these guys can really increase their value for the last two months of the season. And it and it's going to be up to Derek Shelton to really decide how much he value, and I guess Ben Sherrington as well. And how much do you value the veteran presence on the field, or would you rather play some new blood? And I think right now I'm leaning towards that new blood, but also at the same time that's what the September call-ups are for. You know, so maybe they they play more of the veterans in the month of August. And then as you ease into September, start playing these young guys a lot more. Maybe Hoy Park becomes an everyday player. Rodolfo Castro, maybe he slides into second base or you give him a clear role at shortstop. And then you slide into Capita Marcano because I can't imagine the Pirates make a huge, like make their big trade, trade Adam Frazier, and then not play the MLB ready, you know, shortstop that they got in that trade. I mean, Look, I mean, maybe I say I'm gonna be ready with Marcano, and that's a bit a bit of a stretch. But also, he's played in the MLB this year, so yeah. he, that that's what I mean by MLB ready. So, to me, it's it's a balancing act. Shelton's got to play with it every day, but at this point, at the end of the day, as well, these decisions really don't matter that much in the grand scheme of everything. It's not like if Hoy Park plays today, that's gonna really do a whole lot for his you know development down the road. But it is it is fun. It's nice to see some some fresh faces, something a little bit new, a little bit of excitement. Because I mean, hey, in three games against the Brewers last week, you scored three runs in three games, uh, all of them being in one game. So you got shut out twice at mm-hmm. home, and then this mm-hmm. week 
you play three games, you come from behind and win one, you're competitive in another, so there is signs of optimism. Also, I mean, Bryce Wilson, someone we haven't really touched on yet, yeah. on Monday, uh, got him in the Rich Rod tr- uh, in the Rich Rod trade at the deadline or past the deadline. We still really don't know. <laughs> that was yeah. a that was a buzzer beater trade, um, and I guess that was the last podcast that we had that went live. Um, so that was fun to see. He pitched really well on Monday. It's a, and that's a good sign as well. I hope that uh, Wilson gets some more starts down the road. And I think he can be a bright spot. I think he could be a legitimate, like, three or four guy in the rotation next year. Yeah, I hope. Uh, Wilson went five innings in that game, and he only allowed one earned run, which you'd really like to see. He didn't strike out anyone, which that is – that's He's uh, a ground ball pitcher, so it's like – He is, he is. But he, that's that's something. I mean, we'll see as, we, as, as he moves forward. But uh, he did pitch pretty nicely in his Pirates debut and definitely gave them a chance to win. And then once again, the bullpen – uh, I remember the days this season when it seemed like the Pirates had a nice bullpen, and that is just gone at this point. But I guess we could kind of go through the roster right now, and like, I'll tell you who I think should be getting the majority of the playing time, and you can obviously agree or throw in other names, but you just go through it. I mean, at right, catcher... Nathan Shelton, you get the lineup card for yeah. this weekend. Who you got? Right, exactly. And I'll just go through every position. At catcher, I mean, it's still Jacob Stallings. There's no – the Pirates did replenish their their catching in the system, got a, a few catchers, a lot of catchers. And then shout-out also to Henry Davis, who in his pro debut, uh, he had a home run and he, he had a double. And that's pretty exciting. But from here on out, it's still Jacob Stallings slash Michael Perez, I guess. Whatever, that's fine. At first base, it is still Colin Moran slash John Nagowski. Uh, that that could be a nice little platoon, maybe, I guess you could say. Uh, at second base, for me, it's Rodolfo Castro. I think he should be starting the majority of the games going down the stretch. Um, the power is legit. He hits bombs. He's still extremely raw, and he kind of reminds me of myself when I played Little League, just swinging out of his shoes constantly, home run or bust. I there love that approach. Now, speaking, uh, of, speaking of this, because another guy that's also kind of like that is Michael Chavis, and he yeah, hasn't played yet. That's but he true. Is on the roster, where does he slide in, and how often do you play a guy like Chavis? Is he just like a pinch hitter off the bench? Or do you give him a couple starts a week? I definitely think he'll be called up at some point and probably soon. But, yeah, start him at second base. Maybe Castro slides over to third for a few starts. You know, there's definitely flexibility. Um, but, yeah, I think I think Chavis should get get some starts as well at second base. So I'll say second base. Castro for now slash Chavis when he gets called up because I mean I I noted this on the trade deadline pod the dude hit 18 home runs in 2019 it's not like he's a complete zero he's at least shown that he uh he's got some pop he can play a little bit he's just but he's really also a Nathan stuck. Hirsch he's also a little league Nate Hirsch that's what exactly which I love that I love that give me bombs please <laughs> I'm like I'm sorry I'm tired of Kevin bomb.com I'm t- yeah right. I'm tired of the freaking broadcast. Every time Kevin Newman is hitting, how they note how he doesn't strike out. He's at the bottom of the leaderboards in terms of striking out. He doesn't strike out at, at all. Well, you, you know what else? Guys like that, but you also need pop. 
Exactly. He's also at the bottom of the leaderboards in literally every hitting category. <laughs> so I don't care that he doesn't strike out. I I don't need to see dribblers to second base and shortstop every single time or weak pop-outs. Anyways, so we can move on to shortstop. I want to see Marcano at shortstop. I want to see Park at shortstop. I don't need to see that much more Kevin Newman at shortstop. I get it. Newman, you know, he is solid with the glove, and he did hit over 300 two years ago. But I I think it's time this season. Let's put – let's park Newman in the garage a little bit. The guy, the guy needs to readjust, and uh, I do think that – you know, there is a world where he is that David Fletcher, uh, Nick Madrigal type where, and that's what he was in 2019, where he sprayed hits all over. And that's what he was in spring training, ironically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, it, that it's just not there right now. And I maybe remember the days where he was batting 700. <laughs> right. He still has options. Maybe he needs to be optioned to triple A. Uh, enough is enough. But uh, I, I don't, don't know need about to see that, him. But yeah. yeah. Well, I I mean I I would I would I would option him to AAA. I think there are better options, but yes. Well, I yeah I just think it's shortstop. Give me Park. Give me Marcano. I want to see what they got at this mm-hmm. point. And then at third yeah. base, obviously it's Hayes. And then obviously, whenever Hayes doesn't get the start, you could throw Castro there. You could probably throw Park there too as well. The dude seems like he could play everywhere. But uh, Hayes. Let me ask you this. How worried are you about Cabrian Hayes at the moment? Because he has been slumping pretty hard. And at this point in the season, you know, obviously watching him play third base is just a joy watching him field. He's amazing. He's definitely top five. He might be the best third baseman in baseball defensively at this point. And I, I don't. Like I don't care saying that, but offensively he's down to two forty two average. Yeah, three fourteen on base, three seventy four, and I think he's zero for his last seventeen. I'm just how worried are you? And I'll tell you how worried I am. Not not really that like a scale of one and ten, probably like a three to a four. I'm really not that worried about it. You know, last season was his uh, I guess first season, and he didn't play as many games. Uh, obviously with with COVID being COVID. And this year, obviously he was out for the first two months of the season and he's played consistently now for two months. So now we're starting to see him slump a little bit. I think he's played more than, you know, 60 games officially. So now he is official. Now he's officially crossed that threshold. Actually, he's played 54 games, excuse me, but he's about to get to that 60 game threshold. He only played in 24 games last year. So this is the longest season that he's had since, you know, since coming to the majors. So I do think that that is part of why he's struggling, but I'd rather have him struggle now, get these slumps out of the way. And then next season, you know, let him, let him ball out. But at the same time, like baseball is a hard game. Like slumps are expected. And 242, when you're expecting him to be your number one guy, obviously is not ideal. But at the same time, the Pirates aren't playing for much right now. So if he's struggling now, that's fine. If we were in a pennant race right now and he were batting 242 and we were, you know, three games back of, you know, I guess the Cardinals or the Brewers for the division, then I'd be pressing that panic button. But I personally think now it's not, that much of a panic 
moment that Hayes is struggling a little bit. I agree 1,000%. For me personally, I would put the panic panic button at like zero. Um, for Hayes, yeah, he was amazing last year. But like you said, just a, a little over 20 games. Um, you know, you look at it. The sample size still isn't that big. He still has not played in 80 MLB games yet. That's exactly. a half a season normally. So we're still seeing him in his rookie year. And by the end of the season, he still will not have played a full MLB 162-game season. And next year, with the presumable lockout, we yeah. might still not see a full season from him until 2023, which is insane to me. But I, I think Brian Hayes is doing just fine. Keep doing what you're doing, brother. He's on the hot corner. He's doing just fine. Oh, he's it'll, fine. It'll come. It'll come. Like you said, like you said, he played 77 total games in his career. He had 313 total at-bats in his career. And for his career, the line is great. 285, 355, 470. Uh, he's been worth about two and a half wins in a half season of his career. So if he's a five-win really player, if he's on a five-win pace in his first half season, I mean, he's, he's great. He's slumping now. He looks lost at the plate right now, but I am not worried one bit. Keeps throwing him out there. Let him take his lumps, and he'll be just fine. So back to the conversation. Hayes at third base, he's fine. And like I said, just watching him field uh, is just – He's he's great. He really is great. Um, in the outfield, it's a different question. Uh, two of those slots are wide open. We got Ben Gamble on left. I mean, he's been pretty nice for the Pirates, but I don't I don't really care about Ben Gamble that much. He I mean he just is what he is. He's he's been nice with the Pirates, like I said, but he's not a part of the future. So. You know, give give Park some starts in left, I guess. Um, but I mean, give give Gamble starts too, just to put a body out there. But in left field, I'm trying to look up right now if uh, did Michael Chavis play left field? That's what I was. I'm trying to look that up that's right now. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Chavis plays first base slash second base, so give Chavis some starts. I mean, honestly, I. Nagowski Mania is awesome, and it's been fun watching him, you know, hit singles for a few I'm weeks. I'm curious to see if they would try Nagowski in left field, too. Honestly, I doubt yeah. it. I doubt Whatever. It. It's fine. Yeah. It's they the default position. It's the exactly. default position if you can't stick anyone elsewhere. So that could also be kind of a revolving door with Ben Gamble as, as the lead. I, I do think Ben Gamble has uh, at least given himself enough to where he could be their left fielder for the rest of the season. And then you look in the offseason to replace him because I think his his contract's probably up. And then I honestly, at left field next season, I'd probably go out, try to sign a veteran, and then try to flip him at the deadline. Uh, that's what you kind of need to do and get like a one-year deal to some of these guys because the the thing is, the only position player that they, that they were able to flip this year was Adam Frazier. And that was not anticipated at the beginning of the season they did i i think adam frazier was seen as a good player but i didn't think that the pirates thought that they were going to be able to you know get a whole lot of value for him at the deadline he did that on his own 
uh, he went from, you know, being just an everyday kind of guy, like a guy that you didn't really notice into, you know, all-star starter. Um, but I don't think we're going to see that from anyone on this roster. So, and I'm not saying you're going to get that in free agency either, but I think you're looking at another stop gap probably from outside of the organization uh, next season. I don't think there's anyone really uh, in the minors right now that's really ready for that just yet everyday role in 22. But I think for now it's, it's gamble for me and then Reynolds in center and yep. in right field, another revolving door. That's what's, that's what's yep. nice about the pirates right now is they have a lot of guys that can play multiple positions, uh, you know, and and when this you can also put like Wilmer Defoe up there. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing Wilmer Defoe even. Um ideally it'd be someone else. I don't I think Wilmer Defoe, we've kind of seen all that we've needed to from him. So I would probably go in a different direction, but you do need to keep in mind that there are tons of possibilities, there's tons of options. Shelton can get real creative here. And I want to see more creativity from him. I want to see different people in the in the in the one spot. There really isn't a need to solidify a guy up there right now. Uh, I like Hayes in the number two spot. I, I think moving him down to three uh, was also something that I didn't mind. I think he's mm-hmm. best at the two spot, but I wouldn't mind even shuffling the batting order a little bit. Maybe get Brian Reynolds up there. You never know. I mean, there there are a lot of guys in. Um, there are a lot of guys that are in the league right now that are power guys at the at the leadoff spot. Uh, it's not how, it's not how it was back in the '90s where you get your fastest yeah. guy up there. You know, base stealing has become such a uh, non-entity in the game almost. Uh, so you really can place anyone up there, and I really like the idea of just you know toying around with it because at the end of the day, pirates can do what they want. They really don't yep. have anything to lose. So uh, why not? Just experiment with it. Why not get weird? Let's get weird mm-hmm. in the last two months of the year. Honestly, I agree. Um, yeah. So I guess I guess th- this will this will be my batting order then. Real quick, just real quick. I mm-hmm. I like Ho- I like Hoy leading off. I really do. Yeah. I like him leading off, and I'm gonna stick him in right field. Sorry, Gregory. I love Gregory Polanco with my dear heart, but. Things are about coming to an end. Although he has been kind of nice lately, so just keep that in mind. But I'll say uh, Hoy Park leading off right field. Second, Hayes. Third, Reynolds. And then fourth, I mean, why? I guess fourth would be uh, Moran or Nagowski, whoever it may be. Fifth, I guess you could say Stallings. And then sixth, I'll go, I'll go Castro at second base. Um, seventh. I'll go whoever you're sticking out there in left field, whether that's maybe you could throw Chavis out there. Maybe you could throw, uh, like you said, it's a revolving door. Eighth, I do want to see uh, Marcano get some at-bats, see what he's got at shortstop. And uh, ninth, obviously, the pitcher. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's a – I mean that's that's something that's something that's interesting to watch. There's players in there that you want to see what they've got, and put the you, pitcher so, in the leadoff spot. Yeah, honestly, why, why not? not? Stephen Brault, you're batting first, dude. Stephen Brault can swing the <laughs> stick, and that's a good that's a good point. But um, moving um, on to the pitching side, yeah. the starting rotation. I mean, you look at it down the stretch. There's seven guys at this point. 
it's Brault, it's Brubaker, it's Crow, who has earned it, and then it's Mitch Keller, who we're trying to make him earn it. He's been struggling. And then it's Bryce Wilson and Chad Cole whenever he returns. But those are seven guys right there who could all get starts. And then the bullpen, I could I could care less about the bullpen. It, they're going to ruin it regardless if the Pirates have a lead. Uh, maybe we could see if Bednar can get some saves. But after Bednar and Stratton, it is a freaking – it's it's a burning tire. It's really bad. It really is. And what's frustrating about it is you really only put those guys in a – in the game when you're leading and the pirates haven't been leading a whole lot lately. So, uh, the, the, the Stratton and Bednar appearances might be uh, few and far between in the last two months of the season. But I do think that those guys could be guys moving forward. Um, and I don't necessarily think Bednar should be the ninth inning guy moving forward necessarily, but I, I, for now I'd like to just, kind of let him test it out why now, not yeah. i think like but i mean the way people become closers in this league is kind of crazy sometimes like they'll go from seventh inning guys to eighth inning guys to ninth inning guys and uh sometimes it's a lot of experimentation with guys that they'll just move around or throughout their career you know zach Britton is another guy that comes to mind who was mm-hmm. a closer at one point then he became an eighth inning guy and then he became closer again and you know kind of went back and forth uh, Aroldis Chapman was a starter at one point, remember? They uh, tried, yeah. Yeah, they tried. Um, and like even, Ken- even guys like Kendall Graveman, who is, uh, you know, he was seen as a guy that, you know, was a starter. Then he became a closer in Seattle. Now he's an eighth inning guy in Houston. Uh, so there's so many different ways, uh, that managers get creative with lineups. And I really think that Derek Shelton has like Play-Doh kind of right now. And he gets to kind of create what he wants, which is the beauty of this uh, latter third of the season. And that's something that we as fans can also, you know, take away from this is, you know, we get to see new guys, new blood, uh, new lineups, new looks. And it might not be our forever team that will mm-hmm. treasure forever, but it's the team that we have right now. And there's no time greater than the present because the present is a gift. It really is. And before before we uh, sign off here on episode 35 of Talk the Plank, we're here on Spotify Green Room right now. I You kind of hinted at this, and you said something that's very interesting, and it made me think. So you said, you know, in the outfield, whether it's right field, left field, perhaps in the offseason, it's time to add someone. And in my head, I was like, mm, give me, bring, let's bring back Andrew McCutcheon. Why the hell not? But in general, it's 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 about that time. Uh, Sherrington, you know, he came here in 2019. The main goal was, all right, let's rebuild up this farm system. And I think he's done a tremendous job of doing so up to this point. Obviously, development, that's the next big thing for him in the minor league sense. They need to develop these players and they need to be brought up and they need to produce when they're brought up because as a small market team, as a team with a cheap owner, as a team that really won't spend that much, they need to be productive when they get up here. But I will say 
he checked that off the list. Um, not not that the system was. I will say the system wasn't as terrible as everyone makes it seem. When Sherrington got here, there were prospects. I mean, O'Neill Cruz, Quinn Priester, Tanaj Thomas. Like there were players in the system that were good. That's that's besides the point. I will say though, going into this off season and into next year, like it's time to build an actual ball club. It's time to sign some free agents. They're obviously never going to make the big splash. They're never going to give out the $100 million contract. They're never probably going to give out the $50 million contract. At this point in time, the biggest free agent contract the Pirates have ever given out has been Francisco Liriano, three years, $37 million, which is ob- like that's just the pathetic biggest free agent contract ever given out. Wow. And that was for him to come back. That was for him to come back. But I will say, you can't punt on next season completely. You can't have another 60-win team of, you know, you, we, we can't be having the same conversation that we're having now of, oh, well, let's see what happens. Like, it's going to be fun, not because they're going to be winning at all, but let's see what we got. Like, we can't be, like, I enjoy having this conversation now, and it is fun to see. Like, I am excited to see what the Pirates have in some of these players. But next season, I'm not saying that they need to be contending. I'm not saying that, you know, playoffs are bust next year. But next season, they need to take a step forward. I think... I think if they win 10 more games next season than this season, as long as they don't completely like, let's assume they, let's just say they win 60 games. Should they go 60 and one Oh two. If they go 70 and 92 in 22, I would say that's a successful season. And I say that because a lot of the guys you mentioned, O'Neill Cruz, you know, Henry Davis, Quinn Priester, those guys are not, those guys are 2023 20, and beyond. The timeline for this team yep. is the middle of the decade. We're still yep. a few years away. But I do think that the team now has more talent than the record suggests. You know, this team had two all-star starters. And, you know, obviously one's away now. And But you have Key Brian Hayes, who could eventually become an all-star starter someday. And the pitching is, I guess, something left to be desired. But I do think that the talent on the team is uh, different, or at least on paper, or maybe just because we kind of talk about it as, as often as we do, more often than most people. But I do think that the team that Derek Shelton puts out on the field every day is better than the record suggests. And that's something to keep in mind. And moving forward, you do you do need to see some progress. Uh, considering where they were last year, last year should be rock bottom. And in order to get that, you have to, in order to really contend at some point, you got to go up. And I do think that they are better than they were last year, but it's not enough. And we do need to see some kind of, you know, relative progress between 20 and 21, 21 and 22, and 22 and 23. That's how a rebuild works. And the thing about the Pirates in the last, you know, 20 plus years is other than those few years at the beginning of last decade, it's been just the same cycle. It's been, oh, they're, you know, they don't really get out of their slump. And just when they do a little bit, it's two steps back. And that's how that's how you become a team that hasn't seen the playoffs in so long or the division series in so long. I mean, it's just 
we need a change in Pittsburgh. That's obviously something that we've said for, you know, two decades now, but eventually that change will come. And I do feel confident that there are pieces on this team currently and that are coming up currently that will get us to that point someday. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, basically when Sherrington came to the Pirates, the the uh, the strategy was clear. Like, he was going to rip it down to the absolute studliest studs until there was absolutely nothing left. And I think he's done that. And I, I've liked what he has gotten for all of the spare parts that he has shipped off. But it comes to a point where you can only rip down to the studs so much. And we're at the point now where the Pirates, to other teams, I would say they have two real assets. And that is Brian Hayes and that's Brian Reynolds. And other teams would love to go after players like that. But other than that... That's about it. Maybe Colin Moran, maybe Jacob Stallings, maybe some bullpen, whatever pieces. But it's time now to start actually, you know, building. And I will say, Hayes and Reynolds, that is a nice little core offensively. Reynolds this season, he, I don't don't think we've talked about this enough. I mean, he has been unfreaking real uh, like we said all-star starter he's been really good but he's he's definitely underrated he definitely does not get some of the attention he deserves I, like if you would have told me at the beginning of the season I'm trying to look it up right now his uh I'm not a big baseball reference war guy but his baseball reference war this season is at 3.7. If you were to tell me at the beginning of the year that he was going to be in between a five to six win player, I would be doing backflips in joy. And that's exactly what he's been. And he's proven that he's a guy that you can build around. And uh, him and Hayes, it's a great start. So I, I just, I just want to see, I want to see what happens this off season. Maybe. You know, the Pirates do have a lot of prospects, and they might have too many to to the point where it might be kind of difficult to protect some of these guys from, you know, the Rule 5 draft, et cetera, et cetera. Perhaps maybe we could trade some of these prospects for some young talent and start to, you know, build and actually have some, some real players on the roster next season to to maybe they win 70 to 80 games. Uh, that, I think, would be a solid goal. And, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you said. Um, before we sign off, though, I already said that once, just looking ahead, the Pirates have four games at the Reds. That does not sound like a very good time whenever the Pirates get a split. Play. Let's get a split. I would love I – would, I would be ecstatic if they got a split. Tomorrow it's Will Crow who has been pitching pretty well as of late. He'll face off against Sonny Gray. The Reds have an obvious advantage there. Um, and then, what is today, Wednesday? So Friday, it'll be JT Brubaker, who after a terrible July, had a really nice start in his last start of July. He faces off against Wade Miley, who somehow has an ERA under three. I don't care. Wade Miley is not that great. The Pirates have a chance in that one. Saturday... It's Mitch Keller, the Mitch Keller experience. Have fun 
against Vladimir Gutierrez. And uh, to be honest, I don't really know much about Vladimir, but he's 6-3, and three, 439 ERA. Perhaps the Pirates can get to him a little bit. And then Sunday, to wrap things up, it's Bryce Wilson again against Tyler Malley, who Malley is, you know, he's pretty solid. So a split would be awesome. It really would. Uh, I will take one win, though. I would be happy with one win. Splitsburg. Splitsburg, baby. Let's get it. And then after that, Splitsburg. Let's get a split every every series. Yeah, split or win. Let's go. Um, As the Pirates sit here at, what are they? They're 41 and 67. But, uh, you know, 23 and 30 at home. That's not... That's not the worst. And they don't have the worst run differential in baseball. So they have the second worst run differential in baseball. But, uh, hey, let's get another top five draft pick. I actually said this uh, in the last pod, but pretty crazy that Kumar Rocker did not sign with the Mets. The tank for Kumar is officially back on. Um, That's pretty funny that that happened. That's crazy. Uh Kumar's camp obviously claims that he's healthy. The Mets did not think that that was the case, so he didn't sign. And the Mets, they'd rather have the 11th pick next year than take a chance on Kumar. And I did read, too, that he will not be returning back to Vanderbilt, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. But tank for Kumar. That's that's all I have to say. And, uh, yeah, after the Reds, the Pirates return back home. I got to get to a game. I've only been to one game this season. It was one of the Jacob Stallings walk-off games. He had a walk-off home run against the Giants, I believe. I need to get to some games in this next home stand, see some of these new players because uh, it's fun to watch. So, Jeremy, any last thoughts here? Uh, be sure to follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. Head to BucksDugout.com for all things Pittsburgh Pirates on SBNation.com. And if you'd like to, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Awesome. Follow me on Twitter as well at Nathan underscore Hirsch. We will be back after this Reds series. So that'll be Sunday. And uh, hopefully, Splitsburg, baby. Hopefully, that is the thing that we're talking about. So, yeah, that's, that's it for today. Everyone, have a great rest of your day. Go Pirates. And, uh, Hoy Park, baby. It's Hoy Park season. Peace out.